Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome. This is Wacky Wednesday here on the Arrowhead Attic Channel. I'm Adam Best, here with the golden voice of Sterling Holmes and the amazing producer Richard Sterling, what's going on in your world, buddy? Man, just uh, cold. Cold, cold, cold. It is. Yeah. I don't like this. I'm a, I'm a Miami guy. I'm a warm weather guy. I uh, love everything about Kansas City besides the cold. I, I know. People are going to yell at me and like, yo, it's, it's part of the Midwest. Dude, I admit it, I'm soft. I'm Charmin Ultra when it comes to the cold, man. I'm not built for it. Man, I've lived most of my life away from uh, the cold now. Of course, I grew up in Missouri. And love it, but that weather is a non-starter for me. I think we need to hand out, distribute an Arrowhead Addict uh, survival kit or survival guide to this weekend's game. I heard a tip that was basically, you know, take a cardboard sign in yeah. there with you and then throw it beneath your feet to yeah. create some uh, insulation or, or a buffer between you and the, and the cold concrete. That sounds like a good idea. Yeah, and look on the website to make sure what you can and can't not bring in. But I would highly recommend a piece of cardboard. It gives you that little insulation for your feet because Arrowhead's obviously all concrete. Concrete gets colder as it gets cold. Does not warm you up. It makes you even more cold. So what you do is you put down a little piece of a cardboard, little insulation, keeps your, your little tootsies warm during the game. How about some hand warmers? Maybe some long johns. I think all those things could be beneficial too bad you can't take in some like schnapps or something oh dude i would crush some peppermint schnapps and everyone else who's listening should crush this deal from DraftKings. DraftKings is offering a fantastic sign-up bonus ahead of the postseason you can place a five dollar first bet on anything to instantly claim two hundred dollars in bonus bets you'll also be rewarded with a separate no sweat single game parlay every single day when you opt in the best part is that you will receive both rewards, even if that first bet loses. When you join when you join DraftKings, make sure you sign up with our code Arrowhead. Using our code Arrowhead, it not only gets you these great bonuses, but it also directly supports our podcast. So if you've been considering signing up for DraftKings, make sure to use our code Arrowhead to maximize your first bets and parlays. This offer is only available to new customers with 21 plus and physically present in legal gambling states. Please remember to always gamble responsibly. Check the episode description for the full terms of the offer to see if you qualify. Since we have one of the coldest games in Chiefs history, I thought it would be appropriate and sort of ironic not to just do Hot Take Kingdom, but a smorgasbord of hot takes, hot takes kingdom. So mm. welcome to the kingdom. Yeah, the natives get restless if we do not do the little dance. So we always do the little dance now. We're gonna go through 10 of these and Sterling, I'm gonna get, try to get you into the castle for as many as I can. But you don't have to come. I mean, argue away if you feel differently. 
How's that sound? I love to argue. Uh, it, it makes the show fun. So I don't think we'll we'll get along on all of these, but but uh, this game is shaping up a certain kind of way. So we, we we might we'll see. The first is Patrick Mahomes will rush for over sixty three yards, surpassing his career high. You, you coming in, mm. or do I need to to uh, build my case a little bit better? Build your case a little bit. I, I, I'm considering this one. This one's intriguing, but I want I want you to give me a little bit more. I don't know what happened there, but uh, I think the weather is going to be so unprecedented in its coldness uh, that I, I don't know. The receivers aren't going to want to catch. That's already a problem, right? It's going to be like a giant hockey puck out there. And we already see in the postseason, uh, Patrick Mahomes goes into this, I'll take it into my own hands mode. And in the postseason, he's not as worried about getting hurt. We've seen him get hurt in the postseason a couple of times, but that's because he lays it all on the line. And I, I think he he's a little bit um, more willing to scramble in the postseason. We've seen that before. Does this include kneel downs? It does, <laughs> it, it, well, yeah. I mean, those will technically uh, strip away a few yards. Yeah, my one issue I have is, as Ronald points out, shaky fins, pass defense. The Dolphins are going to struggle to get pass uh, a pass rush consistently on Mahomes, even with the injuries the Chiefs have suffered at tackle. Um, you know, when you have Melvin Ingram, Justin Houston, and uh, Emmanuel Ogba, I'm surprised. Uh, yeah, Tyson Jackson's not around somewhere. Um, Alex Okafor, what's he up to? Um, you know. They're going to struggle there. Xavier Howard is potentially out the last I saw. Uh, it's their best cornerback, second best cornerback, because Jalen Ramsey, that's out. Um, I don't know, man. I I also think it's going to be a heavy dose of Isaiah Pacheco, who is now one week uh, healthier, one week more sure. rapid. I, I think I go under, but I completely understand where you're coming from. If the number was 50, I think I like it. 63 just seems a little too high for me. It's not warm take, you know, it's, it's hot take. So I'm we have, you. I, we I have the warm take version of that one. Give me the warm take. If, it, if I'm going to DraftKings right now, I might throw a little, little fiver on the 50 plus because I feel like there's some pretty good odds of that actually hitting and some probably pretty good odds that is going to get you some nice money. You gave me a perfect transition there. And you were talking about Justin Houston, uh, Melvin Ingram, and you didn't mention Bruce Irvin. All these guys are 34 years or older. They've been around since the, the Mesozoic era. You know what I mean? Paleoithic, so, I think. I think it was the Paleoithic. Uh, Paleoithic. Okay. I think so. I, a little think. confusion there, but uh, they've been around for a long, long time. I'm saying this allows the Chiefs' offensive tackles, Donovan Smith and Jawan Taylor, to get into a groove and thrive, which potentially could start the kind of hot streak that we saw from Andrew Wiley and Orlando Brown during last year's Super Bowl run. What do you think of this, yay or nay? Yeah, that's actually a very good point because last year, um, Orlando Brown Jr. and Andrew Wiley were not necessarily great during the regular season by any means, but you're right. They really stepped up big in the playoffs, and both those guys were, for the most part, nails outside of the one um, pass rush that got Mahomes injured, right? 
against Orlando Brown. It was the year before. It doesn't matter. Um, point still stands. They can go on a run. My question is, Donovan Smith was still a limited participant this uh, practice today. I'm hoping to see a full participant from him by the, the time game time rolls around. That would make me feel at least a little bit better. I don't know if I'm going to go out and say that they'll be great, but they'll be good enough against these guys. Like these dudes don't worry me. I understand the whole Justin Houston and his former team and things didn't end well there. He's going to want to try and stick it to the Chiefs. Yeah, that's great if that was 10 years ago. It's not 10 years ago, not even five years ago. It's 2024. He I got nothing left in the tank, in my opinion. Juwan Taylor, Donovan Smith, even slightly banged up, I think will do enough to quelch or to squelch this uh, pretty brutal pass rush. Yeah, I'm calling get right game over revenge game. I think it's a get right game for our tackles. Uh, glad we could get on the same page there. Nice buns, soft, fluffy, and ultra low net carbs. Discover Hero Bread, the delicious ultra low net carb bread with incredible taste and texture. Hero Bread has zero grams of sugar and is under 100 calories per serving. Plus, high in fiber with 5 to 10 grams of protein per serving. Order from Hero.co now and get 10% off your first purchase with promo code AH10. That's 10% off with code AH10. H-E-R-O dot C-O. Number three, getting a week off will allow Travis Kelsey to turn back the clock and give a vintage performance. I'm saying 100 yards at least and a touchdown. Yes, and, I, I, I'm all the way on this, by the way. This, for me, is not even a question. Um, I didn't even have to make the case. Wow, you got it. You, lo- you love to see it. You love no to case. see it. No case needs to be made. Needs to be made. It was um, individual or team. He chose team. Uh, I know there's a case to be made that maybe you can look at this through the um, glass half half empty uh, mantra. If you want to say, yeah, Travis Kelsey sat out. Maybe he's not in love with the game of football anymore. But I'm I'm looking this in the the viewpoint of he's been banged up every single game. He was hurt before the season even started. He gets double teamed. He's getting pushed around. You can be more physical with him. Like teams could be physical with Shaq back in the day and they might not always call a foul. They're the same thing with Travis Kelsey. It's Hack-A-Shaq. It's it's Hack-A-Kelsey. Hack-A-Trav. Yeah, Hack-A-Trav. And he knew that for this team, what means more? A eighth straight thousand yard season, which he already has seven, which quite frankly, in second place is Greg Olson with three. So that kind of means you're trending into the uncharted territories of those unbreakable uh, awards. He he valued getting right because he knows that helps the Chiefs way more. That helps the Chiefs. He is the engine. He is the guy. It helps when you have Rasheed Rice and him at full health, full speed. Now, will he be 100%? Probably not. No. But he'll be much, much better prepared to face the Dolphins now in the cold than if he just had, by the way, playing on Saturday instead of a Sunday. You lose an extra day, right? I guess yeah. Saturday was the, was the previous game as well. doesn't matter. I like this move from Kelsey. This is a team-first mentality. Love it. He obviously still loves the game, in my opinion. I just think people need to put themselves in his shoes. He had one of the craziest years a person could possibly have. He went from really famous to ridiculously famous. His his girlfriend might be the most famous person on the planet. His podcast blew up. 
He hosted SNL. He's on a million commercials. He's been uh, a warrior who's had something like 10 surgeries, he said. And I just think as much as he, he needed this breather physically, he needed it mentally as well. And, you know, his situation, I want to point this out, is different than Chris Jones. Like, I think Chris Jones had some pretty testy negotiations with the team and wanted to get all the money he could out of this out of this contract. And uh, I think asking Chris Jones and asking Travis Kelsey to sit out were two entirely different situations. Yeah, could not agree more. By the way, before we move on to the next one, uh, I see you. Yeah, the Chase comments, what Jamar Chase said. By the way, I actually interviewed T. Higgins and Jamar Chase this morning. Uh, just the issue is my video has, has not gotten sent over towards me yet. They still have it on their end. But uh, the interview I had with Jamar Chase and T. Higgins will drop later on this week. Um, but yeah, I asked basically the exact same question, which I'm bummed about. Thanks, ESPN. Come on, I was first. Uh, but I asked the, those guys, I said, hey, who wins the Super Bowl this year? And T. Higgins immediately said, anyone but the Chiefs. He was smiling a little bit. And then I asked Jamar, I go, Does that, is that the same case for you, Jamar? Anyone but the Chiefs? And he was very much in agreement. I know everyone's going to go off on this and, and rip on Jamar. I get it. But also, don't you think it's kind of fun? Isn't it kind of fun to have a rival? It I is th- fun. I think he knows what he's doing. Like I, He understands that this is going to get Chiefs fans riled up at him, but he doesn't care. This is a legit rivalry. This is way better than just seeing everyone buddy buddy. That's why the Knicks and the Pacers back, at, you know, like the early two thousands and then the late nineties, you know, with Reggie Miller and John Starks and the Davis so, brothers and Ewing and Oakley. Yeah, it I was love it, awesome. Man. Like, I kind of like this. I, I'm a fan of this. So as much as I want to rip on Jamar for all this stuff, part of me is also being like. Thank you. Thanks for for giving more motivation to the Chiefs. And I talked about him. You know, were any of the Chiefs players chirping at him after he had those comments? Uh, I asked T. Higgins about, is he excited to enter free agency? So if you want to check out all that on Stacking the Box, uh, that will be dropped in the next few days, as well as the interview I did with Troy Polamalu. The Troy Polamalu interview I did yesterday, which will drop probably tomorrow, was phenomenal. That dude is so, so fun to talk to. I hope you guys enjoy it. So make sure you guys also follow Stack in the Box, all part of Arrowhead Addict. Is the hair still luscious? Oh, it's it's pulled back a little bit, but we talked right. about the hair. The first thing I thought about with T. Higgins was, well, I guess he's not coming here uh, via free agency. Uh, the other thing I want to mention about Kelsey is we might see a little Jalen Ramsey on him. And uh, the last time that happened in Kansas City, I think Jalen Ramsey was still looking, was still searching for Kelsey about three days later. He got completely twisted and turned around in embarrassing fashion. Uh, one of the more memorable highlights of last year. Let's move on to number four. So in 80 degree weather, I'd be terrified about this Dolphins lightning strike offense, but in sub-zero temperatures, I think that's going to create a game environment that really suits physical players like Nick Bolton and Justin Reed and those guys who might struggle a little bit against the speed of Miami in different circumstances, I think will thrive. I think they will make this game a fight. I think they will set the tone. Uh, and I just kind of feel like uh, they're going to come out hitting 
and Miami isn't going to like it very much. I don't think the weather makes that big of a difference. I, I, I know we're talking about the weather a ton, but I mean, Mahomes, I know we can, he can play in the, in, in the cold. We've seen it before, but I mean, that's a dude from Texas. It, it, just because you play in the Midwest doesn't mean all these guys are from Kansas City. Just because those guys play in Miami doesn't mean they're all from, from warm weather climates. Um, and the issue is we saw it in Germany. And I think we'll see the same thing here. I'm not worried about the Dolphins passing offense. I'm not worried about Tyreek Hill. Mr. Drop City, he still thinks he's on Kansas City, apparently. I'm not worried about Jalen Waddell. I'm not worried about Tua Tugavaloa. I'm worried about Devon Achan and Raheem Mostert. I'm worried the fact that Raheem Mostert ran for 7.1 yards a carry in Germany, and Devon Achan is more explosive. I'm worried that Devon Achan is running for 7.8 yards a carry this season. No, that's not a typo. No, we're not talking Pac-12 or Madden. With over 100 carries this season, Devon Achan's averaging 7.8 yards a carry. That's what makes me nervous. The fact is, the Chiefs' secondary and their, their ability to, to stop the pass, top five, top 10, easy in the NFL. But they're a bottom five, bottom 10 in a lot of metrics in regards to uh, run defense against one of the most explosive run offenses in the NFL. That is not a great matchup, 80 degrees or cold. Yeah. I agree with this comment from primetime that HN is more dangerous. But the thing about Raheem Mostert that's underrated is at this point in his career, his vision and his understanding of running lanes and pacing and how to follow his blocking uh, is is almost unparalleled in the in the league. We've seen a little bit of that from our own Jarek McKinnon. Uh, and I think these guys who kind of grew up in the Shanahan system and have played in it for a long time sort of have a mental advantage over other running backs. So I wouldn't sleep on, on Raheem Mostert either. And I'm, I'm, I'm taking that as you are out of the castle on, on that flip-flop. Yes, but what I'll also say here, and I know we're looking at all these statistics and numbers, we'll have some more for you a little bit later on, but as much as the stats will point towards Miami in this game, what I think behooves Kansas City is their ability of their secondary to tackle. I think the Chiefs have the best tackling secondary in the NFL. Trip McDuffie, Legereus Sneed, they're fine one-on-one bringing you down in the open field. And that's going to be a huge difference maker in this game. Obviously, the linebackers and setting the edge and all that stuff. But when it comes down to the explosive plays, what they do is the Dolphins get you one-on-one outside, and then you're forced to try and bring down HN, who's right at your full speed. Well, most corners can't do that. The difference is the Chiefs' corners can, and they will, and they're very willing. These are huge differences. So that does give me some optimism is, yeah, sure, they'll get probably some of theirs, but some of the 30, 40, 50, 60-yarders probably aren't going to happen because the Chiefs' secondary won't let it happen. Yeah, the more you can corral them before they get into space – which I mean, once Achan gets in space, good luck. Uh, the better, the better they'll do. And who is better than than Sneed and McDuffie at the corner position in tackling in the in the open field? Pretty much nobody. We've seen that kind of been uh, a hallmark of Steve Spagnolo corners throughout his time here, and these might be his best tackling corners yet. Let's stick with corners number five, Tyree Kill, who I think has to be motivated by being embarrassed in Germany, uh, will score the first touchdown of the season against LeJarrius Sneed. Nope. 
Nope, nope, nope. Uh, yeah, Legereus has not given up a touchdown all season long, but apparently that's not good enough for the Pro Bowl. Um, yeah, no, man, no, no way that's good enough. No way. What's what basically been the best corner in football this year should uh, should get a Pro Bowl nod. No, it's crazy, right? What a joke. Um, but yeah, man, I am. I'm not saying I'm out. Like I'm not saying he's going to get held for zero yards, but I think you'll see a very similar stat line that you saw in Germany. Um, and by the way, that was when Tyreek Hill was playing his best football. He slowed down. He got banged up. He slowed down a little bit, and the drops have really started to pile up. I don't know if anyone else has noticed this. There's been a lot, a lot of drops, a lot of balls that even might not be constituted as a drop, but when you're like, dude, I'm used to seeing Tyreek Hill make this catch. Even one where he was interfered on, he he drew pass interference, but he still had it wide open, and if he would have caught the ball, he was gone. He dropped it. They still get P.I. It's still great, but that that – was a touchdown. You're used to seeing him make that. So for me right now, Tyreek Hill's not playing his best football. If you watch based on this season, he's still probably the best wide receiver in football, but he's already gotten shut down once this season when he was feeling himself. So no, I don't think he scores his first touchdown against Legereus Sneed. I'm a little scared that he's not talking, but I agree with you uh, that he seems frustrated. There have been some drops. The issue with Tua Tungo Viola being his quarterback is I just don't think he has the arm strength to fully take advantage of this guy. Uh, he consistently underthrows him and kind of second guesses himself uh, on these vertical routes. And we'll get to that more into that, but Tyree kill is such a good player in this environment, returning to Kansas city. I just think he might get his um, and there, there might be one play where he does some damage. Uh, he certainly is not going to be bothered by the arrowhead noise or the the arrowhead cold, right? No. Uh, by the way, I love this from Michael Lee. Just basically using some foreigner songs here. Chiefs will be hot-blooded and the Dolphins will be cold as ice. Uh, and I am now seeing double vision. Is that is that a jukebox hero over there? Someone tell me. Urgent. Sorry. Just, just uh, could not stop, huh? Uh <laughs> <laughs> number six the chiefs will build a lead and limit the dolphins rushing game 219 carries mitigating its explosiveness now there's a number there's a reason why that number or staying under that number is important in the dolphins wins their running backs have averaged 25.9 carries in their losses their running backs have carried 18.5 times on average so I think when you limit the touches, you limit the huge chunk gains. The more, the more uh, chances you give Devon A. Chan and Raheem Mostert, I mean, if you give them 30 chances, they are breaking off some long runs. There's just no question about it. So you cannot let the Dolphins get ahead of you and, and just pound the rock all day. And I think the Chiefs are going to come out and, uh, and get ahead and not let uh, the Dolphins impose their will on them. My recommendation for Andy Reid would be to zag and uh, not defer. Take the ball, get the lead. Do not let, this is not the same old Mahomes Chiefs. They can't afford to get down 10 or 14 points, but I think they will build the lead. I'm saying nay. I, um, again, I'm not worried about the Dolphins through the air, but I think they focus heavily on running the football. And so I'm saying nay to under 19 carries. I think the Dolphins run the ball way more than 19 times. Um, that's going to be their focus. 
You're not passing in this weather against Legereus and Trent McDuffie. That's a stupid decision, a horrendous decision. So I think they focus on the run, even if it's not as explosive as we're, we're used to seeing from Miami. I still think they try and stick with it because that's going to be the best way to try and uh, play against the Chiefs, especially in this weather. So I think they go well over 19. I think the good thing about these two particular backs for Kansas City, while they are very scary in terms of their explosiveness, they're not the kind of guys who you uh, are going to get sick of tackling, I no. think. By the time the fourth quarter comes around and Isaiah Pacheco absolutely is. I think guys are going to be, man, tackling him in zero degree weather does not sound fun at all. Uh, You're out of the castle again. I think you're out more than you're in so far, which is nice. It's a little bit more fun that way. I think than, than us just agreeing all the time. Number seven, Steve Spagnuolo will bruise and batter. (laughs) Finally got that out. Uh, Tua Tungaviola with a brilliant custom game plan that sacks the quarterback, let's say, at least five times. Oh, five is probably too much. Uh, I do think he has a very creative game plan in place. But yet again, I'm saying right now, if I think the Dolphins run the ball more than 19 times, that means they're going to have fewer opportunities to pass the ball. Let's say he throws the ball 27 times, 28 times. Let's not even say 30. Five sacks and 30 dropbacks is, is, is pretty crazy. That, that's a pretty absurd number. I don't think it's five. If you said three or four, I would say, yeah, that, that, that number five has really given me a lot of, a lot of pause there. Um, but I do think Spag is going to have a very interesting game plan in place. Tua Tagovailoa, known to hold under the football. Tua Tagovailoa, not the oh. best at... Uh, Throwing it away, he just kind of he, – he's very weird. He just kind of holds on to it because he's had so many concussions, so I feel bad, obviously. Like, but at some point, I almost think it's in his head a little bit as far as like he makes sure he doesn't get injured again. And so he, he he's talked about in the past learning how to get tackled, learning how to fall. It's not the most graceful, but at times I do think he'll hold onto the football a little too long and it'll come back to get him. So uh, I would say three plus, or three plus sacks, but five, I'm out on. Yeah, he, he famously took jujitsu to learn how to fall and 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 kind of uh, absorb contact better. I agree with you. You want him holding the ball. You want him patting that ball and under duress. If if he gets you know going on those end breakers and can get rid of the ball in in you know two two point five seconds or even faster at times, good luck. But if you make him hold on to it and you confuse him, and you put pressure on him, and you force everything vertical or outside, I think that's when he struggles a little bit. Because he, what he wants to do is just sit there and sling it to one of his fast guys over the middle, you know, you know, one, two, and it's gone. Yeah, that's a very good point. He gets the ball out very quick when things are going right. It's when things start to go wrong, that's when he seemingly holds onto the ball way too long. It's like the uh, the two extremes. It's either very quick or that ball's getting held forever and he's going down. There's hardly that in between. He's not the best at avoiding pressures, avoiding contact in the pocket. He's no Mahomes. He's not Josh Allen. Even Joe Burrow. I guess Joe Burrow's not great. That's probably a, a pretty bad example. Uh, like Jalen Hurts, he's, they're not great at those guys can move around. They, they can feel pressure and get out of a sack. Tua, for the most part, not that kind of guy. Reminds me of Kurt Warner a little bit in that regard. Like if you just let him get rid of the ball quick, he's going to kill you. 
but I just don't think Spags is going to do that. Spags, you give him just one game plan, and there are very few defensive coordinators, if any, that you're going to take over him to to frustrate a quarterback. I mean, you know, there's Lou Anarumo, Jim Schwartz, a lot of other good ones, but he has to be up there. I'm kind of thinking we're going to find out a lot about how Mike McDaniel really feels about his quarterback. If he does feel like he's a franchise quarterback, because if he limits him to throwing the ball 20 times in this weather and just pounds the rock, that's going to, that's going to signal that he trusts himself and his scheming more than the arm of, of Tua. And with some decisions coming up on, on Tua, that will be interesting to watch. Do, do you think Mike McDaniel rocks that corny ass shirt again? You think he Probably. rocks that? What, what, what was it? What, what did it say? Uh, can it be colder or not cold enough? Uh, um, you, you think he rocks that? I doubt he rocks that. And I doubt he pulls the sweatpants up in this weather either. But well, you know, he's got that like LL Cool J look or whatever it is. The Caprice he rocks on the sideline. I mean, come on now. I wish it were colder. That's what it says. Yeah, thank you, Lauren Shanks. Yeah, that was what the shirt said. I wish it were colder. So do you think he's going to trust him or he's not going to trust him in this situation? Well, I don't know how much it has to do with trust. Again, I, I, I keep saying I think they're going to run the ball because I think it behooves that team. I think that's where they're better, uh, more efficient. Uh, quite frankly, almost they're just as explosive running the ball as through the air. I mean, those running backs pop off big ones, it seems like, at least a few times a game. Um no, I, I don't think that signals anything in regards to Tua being the franchise QB or not. That, that, that has no indication, especially in this game for me. Sometimes we forget this because of Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill, of how fast they are. But this is really a mirror image of the San Francisco 49ers. They don't want to throw the ball a ton. They don't have to throw the ball a ton. I mean, Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle can do a lot with a little uh, once they get into a groove. I think they want to, like you said, um, they want to uh, establish the run, but I'm not sure we're going to let them. So number eight, building on last week, this is sort of a surprise to me. Miko Hardman will step up as a useful weapon and soften the blow of Jarek McKinnon's injury. And quick update on Jarek McKinnon. He actually had surgery on a sports hernia and a fractured pelvis. That's via Matt Derrick of... Uh, Chief Digest yesterday. So probably are not going to get him back, I would say, throughout the entire postseason. Oh, yeah. he's He'll be done, I would have to imagine, for the entire postseason. Uh, big loss for Kansas City, especially with some of the injuries slash just the, the offensive tackles being banged up in general. It would be nice to have your best blocking running back out there just for pass protection more than anything else. Uh, again, I, I think it makes more sense now why we saw LaMichael Pirine run the ball 21 times, why we didn't see Denard Prince or Keontae Ingram, why you saw LaMichael Pirine get a heavy dose because I think they wanted to see what he has. I think it was more of a tryout to say, hey, are you are you going to be the RB3 and can we trust you? Um, he, was, he played fine and I think he's going to be elevated. So I think you're looking at Clyde, uh, Pacheco, and then LaMichael Pirine. Um, that, that, that's what I'm looking at as far as what the Chiefs were doing with LaMichael getting that many touches. I think we finally found our answer. In regards to McCole Hardman, I say, yeah, I'm actually agreeing with you here. Uh, I think kind of the same case was this was a tryout for McCole Hardman. Now, will he completely take away everything, every snap from MVS? No, he will not. But I do think we'll see a little bit more. The one concern I have is not the drop. 
Because you've not played a lot all season, and all the Chiefs wide receivers are dropping the ball. It was on that deep ball, the lack of hustle. That's one where I'm sitting here going, the Chiefs see this. How much will they penalize him for that? Because outside of that one play, realistically, he was outstanding. He was electric. He made two plays where he showed off extremely strong hands. I mean, just very strong hands. Where I'm going, if that ball gets knocked away, I don't blame him at all. I would expect that ball to get knocked away. He caught them both and showed some yak ability as well. Uh, McCole Harmon took that nice slant route for a first down. McCole Harmon, I thought, was outstanding in this game. He also played 58 snaps. Again, though, I go back to that one play where he gave up on the ball, didn't finish his route, and then basically gave up on trying to tackle the guy. That, to me, was a complete no-no. Andy Reid, this Chiefs team, they hate that sort of stuff. I just wonder how much that will get held against him. Yeah, at best, it was a miscommunication where he did the wrong thing and just looked a little out to lunch. Very frustrating to me because if he kind of got it together on those deep routes, conceivably, he could replace MVS, even though they have different body types. They they offer the same kind of speed. But beside that, he was pretty great. And I, I haven't been his biggest supporter, but his yards per route run last week was 2.2. That's one of the best numbers of his entire career. Uh, he he looked strong. He looked healthy. He looked fast. Uh, he looked like he had a little dog in him. I think McColl is probably in a place where he's clinging on to a career and pretty desperate to, to prove himself and where better to prove himself than the friendly confines of, of Arrowhead with, with Patrick Mahomes, really the only quarterback he's ever known because he didn't really play for the jets. Uh, I think it's a good situation for him to be seen how much he plays. But where I think he can make a difference is where he made a difference when healthy last year in the red zone where Jarek McKinnon really shines. Maybe they can do some similar gimmicky type stuff with McColl. Hopefully not the Wildcat. I remember them doing that last year and it went really, really wrong. I think he fumbled or something like that. But I think they can do some of those, those end arounds and, and trick plays and get him in space. Uh, not, not exactly like they would Jarek McKinnon, but it will have a similar effect. Yeah, I, I'm actually in agreement with you. I do think the red zone might be where he sees the biggest uptick because we know MVS is not a guy who's going to go up and get it. Justin Ross, I, I think we'd all like to, but again, I don't think the Chiefs trust him in the red zone just yet. Um, he did have that one catch earlier on where Gabbert kind of airmailed it and he went up and got it, which was lovely to see. But we have yet to see that in the red zone. Um, again, as much as we'd like to see the Chiefs maybe throw more 50-50 balls or go up and get it to some big guys, that's not their game plan. And McCole Hartman is a dude who has a nose for the end zone. He's shown it time and time again. Uh, I think you're right. I think he almost fills the McKinnon in the red zone role. Uh, I like that. Man, just, Justin Ross really got up on that. He looked like LeBron on an alley-oop or something like that. Uh, no, I'm going to go with uh, Jeff Green. Sean Kemp? Sean Kemp. Um, a lot of power. With yeah, Sean a, lot of, a, lot, a lot of power. Je Jeff Green seems pretty good. Well, anyway, he got up, went up and got that. Uh, that was an errant throw. And uh, unfortunately, Blaine, uh, your, your Mizzou boy, he was kind of spraying, but... Uh, hey, you watch it, pal. Which, by the way, let me talk about this. I, I know I'm rocking the zoo shirt, and I'm a Mizzou alum, and I love the Tigers. Go Tigers. I went but, there, too. I but, went there, too. But but my, my my question to everyone is, I'm not saying... Trace McGrady, it's a good one. Vince Carter it also nails. Um, I'm not saying he was incredible, 
But I'm saying, what did folks expect from a backup who's not played in an actual game in years? Like, everyone's like, oh, he's a bum. Look at Shane Bouchelle. Shane Bouchelle? Come on. I like Shane Bouchelle, too. But, like, Bobby Boucher, like, it's fine. But do you trust him? He made some horrible decisions in the preseason. Gabbert made one bad throw where he was just off target with McColl. And, again, I think it was more McColl. Like, this is what a backup quarterback looks like. If you watched any Falcons games, any Steelers games, any that's what uh, starting quarterbacks look yeah. like. Have you seen Desha- the teams in the league? Kinda. Have you seen Deshaun Watson since he got to the Browns? Like Blaine Gabbert looks better than him. The Giants, the Jets, like the Jets are sitting here going, "Oh my gosh, Blaine Gabbert signed him to a contract." Like, and even Chad Henney to an extent, he had that great drive, but I don't, I don't know why. Again, nothing is Chad Henney because he's going down in Chiefs lore. This is not a shot on Chad Henney, but why are we acting like Chad Henney was like Joe Burrow just sitting there behind Mahomes? Like he's a backup quarterback too. Andy Reid's great coaching up backup quarterbacks. Matt Moore, oh, we saw like, that. Matt Moore won a game against the Vikings, almost beat the Packers and Aaron and, and Aaron Rodgers. I mean, it, it, this is this is Andy Reid's thing, right? It just a veteran quarterback. He, for the most part, takes care of the football. He's got a very strong arm. He's got pretty decent legs. He's a huge guy. To be fair, Khalil Mack was out there against a lot of backups, you know. He was. Khalil so. Mack was wrecking everyone. I was so glad when they stopped Joe Tooney at left tackle because I was like, please don't get injured, and you're also getting wrecked at left tackle because Khalil Mack was khalil everyone out there. No, uh, no way we'll see – Joe Tooney at left tackle. If uh, Donovan Smith for some reason can't go, it sounds like he will. Yeah. But can they trust Wanye Morris in a game of this magnitude? Yeah. At this and, point? By, and by the way, yeah. Okay. Blaine Gabbert's not Tyrod Taylor or Gardner Minshew, but uh, again, you're also paying those guys a lot more money than what Blaine Gabbert is getting. Um, that is the biggest difference. And by the way, talk about clutch. He set up the game winning field goal. Okay. Come on, baby. Whew. Yeah, but actually we wanted the Chargers to lose because the Cardinals were very, very close to giving the Chargers the fourth overall pick. And if they got the fourth overall pick, maybe they get Marvin Harrison Jr. I do not want Marvin Harrison Jr. playing with Justin Herbert. That that sounds like a fucking nightmare, right? Sure. Bring it on, baby. No, no, I like I like the Chargers to be, you know, infinite chargering. The the current, I mean, uh, I almost take them less seriously than the Raiders at this point. Dog, the Chargers could have prime Joe Montana. They could have prime Jerry Rice, prime Tony G, and they'd still be ass. They can change quarterbacks. They can change head coaches. They can change cities. They find a way to Charger. I am not worried about them. Uh, Well, it's a trickle-down effect from the owner, I guess. Number nine, Charles Aminahue, who has had 5.5 sacks and two forced fumbles in the last six games. I'm saying he will continue his rampage and uh, post two sacks this game. And interesting stat here. Last year in the wildcard game he played uh, for the 49ers in against the Seahawks, he had two sacks and a forced fumble, and it's a huge factor uh, early in that game against Geno Smith. I'm saying history will repeat itself, and he'll continue his hot streak. 
Uh, I like it. I, I, two's a lot. I, I would go. I'd go two of sacks, knockdown, uh, force fumble, just something like that. But I, I think he gets at least a pass knockdown as well because he 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 gets his long arms up there. Um, all right, I got to ask you a stat though. Okay, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, what is more, seven or ten and a half? Ten and a half, but no, 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 no. I just, I just need to know that. What, what's more, seven or ten and a half? There's no but. Ten and a half. Ten and a half is more, and, and not and, not not a but. Per game, per game, Charles Aminu had a better pace. Uh, you know, I, you know, I didn't know he was going to get suspended for six games. You knew he was getting suspended, maybe for two. You knew he was getting suspended. We didn't bet on a who had more sacks per game basis. No, we bet on who had more sacks for the full season. Ten and a half, more than seven. Time to settle the wager. Uh, you actually had two, by the way, against me. I, I know, I know. Yeah, best, you went over two. Not, not great. But uh, both of them are kind of explainable. Charles Aminihew mm-hmm. is turning into the guy I said he was. Sure. And then uh, I just picked our slot receiver. Basically, was on a thousand yard pace. I just picked the wrong guy because the Chiefs told me the wrong guy. So you win that one as well. No, you got fooled. You got fooled. You got bamboozled. You got day to day. Um, I also was high on Karloftis. I, I thought Karloftis was going to get to double digits. I said even from like nine to eleven, ten and a half. Look at that, ten and a half. Well, the good news is that they're both playing great. Yes. So neither one of us was really way off on that one, even though I was way off on Sky Moore. Yeah. So it looks like um, for Sky Moore going under a K, you have to. Rock a stash, straight on the, stash on the show. So I can't do it yet. I am growing the beard for two reasons. The first reason is last year, a playoff beard on my face was be- very beneficial to the Chiefs. It worked. So I'm superstitious. I'm sticking with it. But as soon as the Chiefs are out on the next podcast, you will see, you'll see this mm, deal. Uh, and the other one was a fifth. So, uh, We'll settle that off air and just know that next year I am coming for revenge. And I will take some pappy if that's okay with you, if you have no budget. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know about that. We we should have, uh, if you wanted that, we should have stipulated. uh, Oh, oh, we, oh, sorry. I didn't let you know that it was for pappy. Yeah, it's on me. So you are out. On a minute, Hugh getting two sacks. Yeah, I'll say one sack and one pass deflection. I I, I think his long arms um, will make an impact in this game. You know, Tua gets the ball out very quickly. Um, I, and one thing I'm actually a little, I don't want to say nervous about, but one thing I, I want to see from the Chiefs, focus more on stopping the run again as I'm talking about Devon Chan. I'm not worried about them throwing the ball as much, the weather, this, that, and the other. Focus more on setting the edge. Focus more on limiting the explosive plays. And also, as I saw earlier on, they, they like throwing a lot of these pitches where there are potential um, situations for four or five-yard losses, but by them throwing the ball so far back to try and get a head start with Raheem and with Devon. So if that's the case, make sure you can get back there. So I, I'm cool with 
with uh, Charles Aminahu getting two tackles for losses. I, I'm cool with George Karloff just focusing pretty heavily on, on stopping the run. I'm also very interested to see how much Chris Jones plays on the edge because I know a lot of times the Chiefs like to move him to the edge a good amount during games. I don't want to see that at all because Chris Jones is a fine, he's fine, right, as far as run defense. That's not his game. He's much better going after the passers. So that's what the Chiefs ask him to do. Keep Chris Jones on the interior because, quite frankly, the Dolphins aren't going to run that way. They're thrown to the outside. So keep Chris Jones on the interior. I do not want to see him line up at edge in this game. That's one of my personal um, game plan uh, strategies that I want to see the Chiefs use. I don't know if they will or not, but I think it's something to monitor. In an obvious passing down, I'm cool with him being on the edge, but I'm in agreement with you on uh, – uh, on, you know, first and 10 or something like that. I don't want to see him out there. I still have flashbacks of him trying to set the edge with Lamar Jackson. You already knew what I was going to say. You already yeah. knew it. I didn't even have to finish the sentence and you were already there in your mind because that's how bad it was. It will be interesting to see if the Chiefs kind of continue this defensive philosophy of of being a run funnel. I, I think they probably will not uh, give as much as they normally do with with offenses because they know where where you know other offenses you're probably not going to give up explosive runs and you just need to focus on limiting explosive passes this team can get an uh explosive run just as easily as they can rack up an explosive reception so i think they're going to have to be a little bit more feisty against the run and 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 concentrate on that Uh, much like they had to with with say the eagles in, in the Super Bowl last year, just a little bit of a different game plan. And so let's get to number 10, which is prediction time. Overall view of this game. Since 2017, Miami is 0-9 in games under 40 degrees. Cold weather games. This is going to be a lot colder than that. I don't think they're built for this. And I'm saying KC will win convincingly and the score will be something like 27 to 10. You coming inside the castle? You staying out? I, I'm close. I have 23-17. Um, basically, when I'm doing this, I'm, I'm basically giving Devon Achan three points. And I think it's the Chiefs score two more than they scored. Because I think the, the addition of Devon Achan is, is a very valuable one for Miami. Again, 7.8 yards per carry. He's unreal. It's nuts. So I'm giving him basically he's a three-point swing in this game from the previous time they met in Miami. Um, I think it's going to be a little bit lower score. I think the over-under is set at 44, if I'm not mistaken. I like the under. Again, I think both teams are going to try and pound the rock. I think you're going to have to. Um, And I I think the Chiefs find a way to get it done. I don't think the Chiefs are going to be super explosive by any means, but I I think there is something. I'm not a huge fan of they've been there before, so they know what to do, but I do think there's something where the Chiefs might turn up on just a little bit. Like I I think Travis Kelsey is one of those guys. Chris Jones, I think, I think is one of those guys. You saw what it meant to Chris Jones to get that 1.25 million. Now, a week seven game in the slog of the season, maybe you don't see that, but in a playoff game, I, I think you see Chris Jones, even if he's not getting a ton of sacks, he's gonna have a ton of pressure. So I I think the Chiefs find a way to get it done 23-17. I love that you bringing up that you brought up uh, flip the switch because I've compared this team to the 2000 Lakers in the past, and we've seen an occasional malaise throughout the Mahomes era. Maybe not one this long, 
maybe not struggles this this deep or whatever. But I do think the three superstars, Mahomes, Chris Jones, and Kelsey, are going to elevate their play considerably and, and come out on fire. That's just kind of what they do in the playoffs. We've seen it time and time again. And, and you could probably throw Legereus Sneed in that territory, the way, the way he's playing now. He has to do it for more than one year to be to be considered a true superstar. But this year, he is playing like a superstar. And with Legereus, though, I, I, he, he can't go up. He's been this good every single game. So I can't even do it. He, he has been playing at an A-plus level. He's been playing at the highest level possible for a corner. So I, I if he just does what he does. And everyone was so focused on Kelsey not getting that thousand yard uh, regular season again, that they weren't really thinking about a bigger record. And that's Jerry Rice's 22 playoff touchdowns. That is in striking distance for Travis Kelsey. And I think that'd be a much bigger deal. No tight end anytime soon. Maybe if the game continues to evolve into more and more of a passing league, someone will eventually catch Travis Kelsey uh, in, in thousand yard consecutive seasons from the tight end position. But that Jerry Rice record, I mean, what more of a statement could you put on your Hall of Fame resume than than taking down the greatest wide receiver who ever played in, in the touchdown department in the in the postseason, you know? And a dude who was always there in Jerry Rice. He was always there. And but I think that's that's the elite company. I think what we want to see from Kelsey, hopefully not only this year, but next year, is for him to distance himself from the Tony G's from the Rob Gronkowski's and to be uh, to join the rarefied air of, of Jerry Rice. I think that would be a great final chapter. Get him another ring, get him seven more touchdowns. That, that would be the way to go out. So let's, let's hope that uh, that body language we've seen from Travis Kelsey, where he looks drained and in pain and frustrated. The, the old Kelsey is back. He's enjoying himself. He's celebrating. He's dancing out there and uh, he's tearing up the, Dolphin secondary. Can't wait. Hey, Bart Scott, can't wait. <laughs> oh, man. On, on that note, I think we are we are done here. That's all we've got, addicts. Big props to the chat, as always. Look at those fireworks. I don't know how you did that. Let's see if I can do it. No, no, I can't. Uh, do us a favor if you haven't let and yet and like this video. Subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. That also really, really helps us reach more people. If you're an audio listener on Apple or Spotify, please consider giving us a five-star review. Again, that helps us reach more Chiefs fans. We will be back here next Wednesday at 4.30 p.m. Central on the Arrowhead Addict YouTube channel, hopefully victorious uh, on our way to perhaps Buffalo. But until then, go Chiefs, beat Tyreek. special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. 
Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.